Do You Believe in the Devil by N.A. Armstrong. I awoke in a turmoil of shadows. There was no light but the moon that shined fiercely through the trees. A sense of impending danger grasped me as I stood from the cold ground. A small drop of blood crawled down my arm and fell into the dirt. The whole forest sprang into wails and howls. The trees twisted and creaked. The darkness danced in the corner of my eyes trying to enclose me. The whole scene was enough for me to start pacing frantically. I was not sure where I was heading. I could only hope that if I ran in a straight line, I could get out of the forest. That's when I felt something shuffling in my pocket. It was a tape recorder. I hesitated for a second, but my curiosity pressed the play button. Okay, one, two, recording. Hello there! We are on Dead Oaks Hills, covering our first paranormal documentary of the possessed serial killer, Robert Doyle. 20 years ago, this site was witness to one of the most gruesome... Ugh, wait, Kyle, cut. Should I say gruesome? It just sounds so History Channel. I want this to be creepy, not some boring documentary. I recognized my voice immediately, and the memories flooded back, making me stop dead in my tracks. We were meant to do a project on this alleged possessed serial killer. Being an atheist, I dismissed the whole matter as a media exaggeration. Robert Francis Doyle, 43, born and raised in Dead Oaks, was found guilty of murdering 27 children and performing what some described as strange rituals with the corpses on a secluded area somewhere on these hills. He explained to the authority that some sort of demonic entity took over his body and committed the crimes. The jailers and service at the time stated that he laughed all the way to the scaffold where he was going to be hanged. When the rope embraced his pale skin, his eyes widened and he shouted, Please don't do this! Don't take me! Please don't do this! It's a mistake! He's going to take me! Ten seconds later, everything was over and the case was closed. I knew where I was now, and I was now sure I wanted out and fast. I picked up my pace as the recorder kept playing. To this day, no one dares cross these woods at night, and transformed Robert's story into a town's horror legend. We're here to retrace some of the steps that led one of the largest massacres in this quiet town. There! How about that? That was pretty damn good if I say so myself. We tried to keep our job scientific, focusing mainly on the facts while caressing some of the unusual and creepy aspects of this bizarre series of murders. We covered how Robert Doyle was supposedly approached by this black creature that took control of his body. He then seized children from town and brought them back to the woods. As the disappearances multiplied, a manhunt ensued throughout the woodlands. They found Mr. Doyle, half-naked, covered in blood. The bodies of children were scattered in some grotesque symbol around him. Some of the limbs had been staked onto branches. Other corpses were stitched together like Siamese siblings.
My walking was getting me nowhere. I couldn't help but wonder where Sherry and Kyle were. A part of me wanted to know, while the other dreaded to know. I stopped, suddenly feeling silly. This story is starting to affect you, dumbass, I thought. I should have stayed put and just waited for a rescue. I squirmed at the recorder. Listening to more wasn't the brightest idea, but I still pressed play. The rest of the recording was damaged and incomprehensible. I kept pressing forward and play in a desperate attempt to listen to anything else. Then, branches, ritual. Kyle, stop messing with the equipment. You're going to ruin it. I heard myself once more. Screw this, Mark. I don't want to do this anymore. Let's go home. We have enough. Kyle sounded annoyed and a tad scared. We shouldn't stay out here more than we should, Mark. Last night I heard things. Like children crying. The next parts of the recording were static again. But as I was about to give up, it began playing again. Children's moans could be heard. Some of them were screaming, others crying in despair. I abruptly stopped the tape. My body filled with goosebumps. As I turned around, a strange shadow protruded from the trees. I wanted to scream, but only a whimper came out of my mouth. The figure started approaching. I ran as fast as my legs allowed me to. The whole forest came alive with screams and shrieks of children. The ground suddenly disappeared and I found myself falling into the abyss. The ground welcomed me back with a relentless cold thud. My head spun and my ears rang. I stood up and tried to get going, but my body would not move straight. As I gazed back, I caught a glimpse of my pursuer, now on all fours, charging at me. The shadow lunged at me, letting out this terrible, piercing scream. The world exploded. The light was too bright, and its sound overwhelmed me. I could faintly hear two persons shouting at each other, and I collapsed onto the cold floor, and everything became darkness again. I awoke in a much brighter place this time. I spotted a small red button with the call nurse written on it. Five minutes after pressing it, a kind middle-aged woman dressed in white came into my room. She looked astonished to find me awake and well. You were in pretty bad shape when we took you in, Mark. I was fearing you had fallen into shock or something. The nurse checked my forehead and visual reflexes. You seem okay now, though. I think the worst is over, she said in a joyful tone. I would like to know what happened back at the hills, I said. Now, now... I don't have the right details, but it seems two hunters found you when you fell from a cliff nearby their camp. The Clarkson brothers, if I can recall. You're lucky they didn't shoot you first like they usually do. You startled them as they were about to go to sleep. Emil and Grandma Clarkson were the town's oddball hunters. When many of the game in the forest strayed from the hills about 15 years ago, Many hunters decided to move on to other towns, but not Emil and Grommel. They became part of the town's folklore by spreading the legend of a beast that hunted on the hills. Black as coal, quick as a wolf, they'd boast. 
For the most part, they were harmless. The townspeople believed them as drunks and liars. I used to believe myself, too. What about the shadow? I asked. The nurse gave me an apprehensive smirk. You spend too much time in those woods, boys. There isn't such a thing out there. The Clarksons found you almost unconscious after you fell from a 12-foot cliff. We were surprised you didn't break your legs or your neck. I feigned a smile. I guess you're right, miss. She smiled back. Hers was way more genuine than mine. Perhaps she had perfected her fake smile through years of practice. Well, young man, your parents have a word sick. I'll let them know you're awake. I tried to convince myself that maybe it had been all some sort of dream. That I had just made it up. I certainly wouldn't be the first one to do so. Over the years, several tourists and investigators flocked to Dead Oaks for some sort of evidence of what Robert blabbered about in court. Some of them disappeared, which just fueled the myth even more. It is not hard to get lost in those woods, just like Kyle, Sherry, and I had. My mother charged into the room and immediately clasped her arms around me. We've been looking for you for two nights, Mark. You were supposed to return on Saturday. What happened? My father walked in. He looked relieved to see me alive and well, but I could sense something was bothering him. I'm so happy to see you guys. I can't remember a whole lot, but I think we got lost. I stopped and realized I had not asked a very important question. Where is Kyle and Sherry? They gave each other this weird, freaky look. After about a minute of awkward silence, my father spoke. They found them before you, Mark. They are dead. My mother interrupted. Honey, I don't think this is a good time to talk about this. Mark, I know you're a good boy. I want to ask you a favor. You know Mickey, right? He wants to ask you a few questions. I asked him to make it brief so you can rest. I couldn't speak, but I think I nodded because they left and Michael Ramsey, the town sheriff, walked in. He looked at me and let out a sigh. (sighs) Look, Mark, I've known you since you were a little lad and I'm scared right now. Kyle and Sherry were murdered back there at the woods, and it seems whatever killed them had a shot at you as well. Mickey pointed at my bandages and my arms and sighed. Do you remember anything at all? I... We... We're on a school project, Mr. Ramsey. We were trying to record some footage of the Robert Doyle case. Oh, sweet mercy. That Robert Doyle... Why do you people keep messing around with that? Mark, what happened with Sherry and Kyle? I don't know. I think we got separated somehow. I also... Well, I tried to continue, but I was sure I would seem like a madman to him. You also what, Mark? I saw something in those woods. I don't know what it was, but 
It wasn't a person. Mark, I don't have time for this. Two people are dead. Don't be playing games now. I'm not playing. I told you already we got separated and something cut them into little pieces and hung them from the trees. Mickey sat quiet for a moment, turning white as a ghost. How do you know that they were cut up into pieces and placed on tree branches, Mark? I sat blankly looking at him. I couldn't answer that question, and a voice suddenly intruded in the back of my head. Do you believe in me now, Mark? We hope you enjoyed your stay in Dead Oaks. Today's episode, Do You Believe in the Devil, was written by N.A. Armstrong and narrated by special guest narrator, Twitter user, XOXOZelda. Music in today's episode was Creepy, written and performed by Nicholas Creepy, and other music courtesy of Purple-Planet.com. Join us in two weeks for the next episode of Otto's Story, Clara's Story. And for more information, find us on Twitter, at Dead Oaks Podcast.